3: everybody, happy Monday, and welcome to the Monday after Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully you had the best Thanksgiving weekend available to you. We had three that we attended between a couple family events and a Friendsgiving, which was my first Friendsgiving this year. All of it giving me a lot to be thankful for and very full bellies, of course, as well. (laughs) It was a great weekend. I hope that yours was great as well. Maybe you did some shopping. Maybe you supported local businesses for Small Business Saturday. Maybe you were with the crowds bright and early Black Friday morning, or you like to just sit perhaps from the comfort of your own home and click away and shop during today's Cyber Monday. And don't forget tomorrow, Giving Tuesday, all the days. I know it's a lot to keep track of, but Hopefully, again, you are getting things rolling for that next that next season, which is the holiday season, and we've got a lot of conversations from now until Christmas, letting you know about events and happenings and, and everything to connect you to our community here in the Fox Valley. Thanks for joining us, by the way. Thanks for joining me here in the Myron Construction Studios. I'm Haley Tenpass, and our thanks to Sertifenton Associates as well for their support of Focus Fox Valley. You'll find them at 500 North Commercial Street in Nina, in that old train depot. What they are the best at is helping guide you through the world of Medicare and Medicaid. They answer your questions. They figure out the right plan, and if you are just looking for confirmation that you've made a good choice— they are the ones to call. Again, give them a call today. 920-969-1956 is that number. Well, today we are wrapping up what has been a wonderful, wonderful season If you have a green thumb, I think it's been just a great growing season. We've seen so much success out in our yards, beautiful trees and colors and some great weather this year. We've also got some great insight from our friend, Dan Tross, a certified arborist with Ranger Services. And he is joining us one final time before we wrap things up for the holiday season. Hello to you, Dan. Good morning and thanks for being here. Good morning. Good morning.
0: Still nice out, which I very much appreciate you. It.
3: it is still nice out, and we've got plenty to talk about. I'm so excited to have another hour with you, Dan, and hopefully our listeners are excited for that too. The phone lines are open, 920-281-1150 is that number. Again, 920-281-1150 is that number. If you've got questions for Dan uh, about Wrapping things up for this season, looking ahead to next year. Any questions are welcome. We hope you join us here today on Focus Fox Valley. All right. It's November 28th, though. We we had some snow on the ground, but not so much anymore. Dan, what's keeping you busy even into uh, well, the November? Ground is a soft. Yeah. And
0: it's still a really good time if you want to transplant something. And that could be anything from perennials or you know, something like a peonies or hostas to split. Um We even put some new stuff in the ground recently. So as long as the ground is soft, you can still move things about and and transplant. And then that's the advantages come spring, when a lot of times it's just too wet to dig. Um, You already have your your project done. So that's one of the things that uh, we're wrapping up. Uh, We're wrapping up our our fall cleanups. We're uh, cutting down, cleaning out the planting beds and that type of thing. Um, And it's still a very good time to do that if people want to do that yet. And... We are doing some winterizing. Uh, and for that, that's protecting our susceptible plants from deer and rabbits. And that's the part I encourage, especially if somebody has a new tree this year or a new shrubs. Uh, they can be very uh, enticing for rodents, rabbits, and mice and voles to eat on during the winter.
2: Uh-huh. And at that
0: point, you want to put some kind of cage, some kind of wire um, around it and you don't want to go with that great big wire with the gaps because it'll hop in between there, but uh, uh, a tight enough or uh, wire, uh, chicken wire, to protect the plants, and then you stake them in the ground on each side so the wind doesn't blow them away.
3: All right. So that's a, that's a huge <clears throat> part of the winterizing, right? Protecting yeah. from the critters. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah. And, and, and this is something, uh, Haley, that I've done. I hate to admit how many times I've done it myself. By going, oh, they never feed on that thing. And then sometime about February, I see where it's chewed down to the ground. And if we protect their favorite, they will eat their secondary favorite. And uh, I'm not saying we have to protect every single thing, but if you know something, burning bush is one of those plants that often gets fed on. Um, and regardless of the age of it, they'll chew on that. But if it's young, there's a better chance to having it get rabbits and so a lot of people planted them and I guess they got out there enough and the rabbits didn't read the book or something because now they feed on white (laughs) julius so um if you're in doubt protect it because once it gets chewed down you can't do much with it
3: you can't come back from that can you Well,
0: it can but you lose you lose the size that you had the year before okay um and there are some things like spirea I know some people just let the rabbits chew their spirea down them and even them out in the spring because spirea flower and the new growth that comes out. I, still, I mean that's okay. It's, it's the bigger stems you don't want to lose. Uh, roses, which always shocked me because they're thorns, but the rabbits love to eat them and uh, can be chewed way down. So if in doubt, protect it, and uh, um, you'll be you'll be happy that it doesn't get chewed on.
3: Do you think the rabbits like the challenge? I don't know. <laughs>
0: You know, barberry, which is really prickly, is another thing I've seen rabbits chew. So apparently the thorns don't bother their mouth much. Um, You know, maybe it is the challenge, or maybe they're just going to show us.
3: (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Well, you know, Dan, we really did have a great growing year. Uh, Trees in particular, uh, fruit trees in particular, really thriving this season. And I, I know a lot of folks are saying, man, if we could just have another growing season like we did this year next year is there anything folks can do to maybe just help move move things along come spring or if you had a, a especially wonderful you know apple tree or pear tree or peach tree this year and you're hoping to reciprocate what you experienced is there anything folks can do as we winterize
0: well let's let's go back first and kind of go over the growing season Haley um we had a Late spring, it was cold, and it was kind of dry for spring mm-hmm. and uh I, I gotta chart this stuff because something that we have weather wise in spring may end up showing up as a plant problem in the fall or something like that so and a lot of us if I said, "What well, was the weather in spring?" we'd go, "Oh, uh, was it this? yeah you know, we just we just don't recall, but spring came late, and typically. The crab apples are flowering around Mother's Day, and they really didn't flower until Memorial Day. Now, that's a couple weeks later. So at one point in the middle of May, we were 17 days behind where we typically, or the average, where we should be for temperatures and plant development. So what that did was that gave us a long, gradual, albeit not very warm, but a long, gradual spring for plants to develop. So when they did... They just blew out of the ground with with color, mm-hmm. and there was a uh, it was um, a Wednesday that uh, we finally had the leaves out enough to spray for uh, apple scab fungus, and by Saturday they were flowering. Um, and usually the leaves push all the way out and then the flowers come. So that's how rapidly, and we had a weekend of some really warm weather in there, and everything just exploded. But the flowering was so intense, and that goes from daylilies had an incredible year, hostas had an incredible year, uh, the crab apples, the flowering pears. It was just stunning with with flowers because we had a long, gradual spring for it to develop, and then it got warm, and we had some key rain in there once it did get warm. The summer, we had some hot days, so we didn't have that two-week, blistery 90-plus right. degrees in a row, we'd have a couple of days that drop back down, a couple of days. So we didn't get the summer stresses on plants, the, the burning up leaves as much or things going dry, and we didn't have a extended periods of really dry. For the most part, people cut their grass every week. There was maybe a couple times where they could skip a week, but it wasn't any kind of a drought condition that helps plants again in their growing and fruit trees had phenomenal crops yeah. of apples and pears and things that people were telling me they've never seen this many before. So we can do some things as people, but it's really what Mother Nature gives us to work with that really makes the difference. And I have a lot of people who didn't like our cold spring, we were like, we're ready for spring, where's the warm weather, and we we're grumbling on that um, we can't get those days back, but it helped out. Instead of that really warm, hot spring right away, plants burst out of the ground. And then they're like, well, wait a minute, I'm, I'm growing really early and really fast. And they kind of can run out of their their, their vigor a little bit as, as the summer goes on. And we didn't have any of that.
2: Yeah.
0: So here we are. Um, September was nice. First part of October was cold. The last part of October was nice. We just had 50, what, 53 degrees on Saturday?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And and the week before that, it was really cold and snowy, Um, you know, low temperatures uh, down the single digits in some places. So uh, we got to taste the winter. I I, I don't want to say it's over with. I think think more will come. But what we can do to help our plants, because we never know what kind of winter we're going to have, is if you have... Evergreens, particularly newly planted in the last year or two, make sure you got good water in the soil for when the soil freezes up. Evergreens get winter burn when they lose moisture during the winter and the ground is frozen so they can't replenish it. That's why you want to at least make sure newer evergreen shrubs are well watered before the ground freezes up. And uh, it's very key to them. It can really make a difference how they come out in the spring. All right. uh, trimming on evergreens. If you're cutting out full branches or or uh, deadwood, that's fine. But for the most part, you don't want to prune too much anymore on evergreen shrubs till about the end of uh, March, first part of April. They, they can also lose uh, moisture in the winter and then turn brown. Junipers, in particular, are one of those that really get winter desiccation. So we're better off on waiting on those. A lot of other things, this is a perfect time to prune. Uh, Our deciduous plants, uh, trees and shrubs, um, if they're a flowering shrub that flowers on the new growth, then you can look those up if you want. Uh, Now's a good time to prune. If it flowers on old growth, you don't want to cut now because you'll cut off the flower head. Um, a lilac would be one of those that flowers on its, its older growth, and forsythia is another one of those that flowers on its older growth. So you don't want to whack too heavy on those now to rejuvenate them, uh, because you'll knock off the flowers; they won't come. The other, some of our other shrubs, hydrangeas, triraeas, uh, they can be cut. The uh, trees, in particular, if you have a young tree and you need to, you want to do some training pruning on it. This is the perfect time because you can see the skeleton of the tree. You can see all the branches. And now I'm going to coach you through training pruning, okay? Think of the spokes of a bicycle. The bike tire is laying down there, and the center of it is the stem of the tree. And the branches should radiate off in equal directions around the the trunk of the tree. And when you have branches that come one way and grow back in, those are the ones we, we should be pruning out and the ones that are crossing each other and aren't radiating out around the tree. And that's really critical on our young trees
2: Mm -hmm.
0: because if you do that now, there's not a huge cost and effort later on. You're training them. And I like to compare um, training young trees sort of like children. You don't wait till your child is a teenager before you want to teach them anything. It won't work. So um, <laughs> you, teach, you teach as you go along, you train as you go along, and we train our trees as they grow.
3: All right. Well, hey, if any of our listeners, uh, hopefully you got all that. If not, if you got a question, give us a call here today. We do need to take a break. Dan Tross is here with with Ranger Services, and we will be back in just a few moments. This is
2: WHBY.
3: Welcome back to Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. We have certified arborist Dan Trost joining us here today. Give us a call if you've got some questions. 920-281-1150 is that number on our Settlers Bank phone lines. A lot of emphasis right now going, going on winterizing, prepping your yards and lawns for spring and just... Making sure they can have some sweet dreams over the next couple of months. Everything from critters uh, to making sure things are properly watered are on the brain here today. And and Dan, you mentioned you mentioned kind of well watering or soaking evergreens, for example. You know, and a lot of times I'll see um, you know those 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 evergreens wrapped up. A lot of times too, um, are those types of steps you should be making and, and how much, I guess I want to start with, how much should we be soaking these plants for? I mean, if you've taken the hose out already, um, I know our hose, I think, is already in the garage for, for the yeah,
0: winter if time. Uh, if it's a larger size plant, if it's like six feet, five to five feet or over, um, dump like a five gallon bucket uh, of water on it. Um, and that'll, that'll be, be good enough. If you're going to soak it with a hose, run it at like a little medium um, and soak it till the ground's kind of soft and then stop. Um, It's not as critical as like when you're watering in the middle of summer if it's hot in July or something. Uh, But it's just making sure we have good soil moisture in the ground for when it freezes up. Now, the wrapping uh, that some people do, they make the particularly a cedar tree look like a baked potato yeah. on their property. <laughs> um, that's usually for desiccation and they're in windy areas. And sometimes people will do that for deer also. And uh, I always kind of look at going for myself if it can't survive through the winter without without that, I probably replant or something. But I get it because people have these plants and their key wind breaks and things and then they get the winter burn wind damage on them uh the wrapping can also help snow from bending uh arborvitae down which which can happen so um if you have deer you gotta do something because deer love arborvitae or white cedar for that matter they love that plant um and you'll know if you have them before because the bottom four feet will be thinner and chewed under and then the top part above it gets bigger and there are some sprays, some deer-off sprays that work, but you have to reapply those after a lot of snow or rain. Um, and some type of fencing is usually best. And if somebody has experienced wrapping is the best thing for the deer and for the wind burn, then in salt spray, I'd say can stick with it. Um, salt spray on, on plants close to the highway uh, where there's salt spreading and then the salt spray you know, shoots off the... Off the cars can be damaging on evergreens too, so sometimes people wrap to prevent that. All
2: so right. If
0: you haven't wrapped and you're in a new set setting, and you're going. I wonder if I should. You can use this as your test. If you're in doubt, put up a barrier or something. If you think salt spray is going to get on your get on your plant,
3: those yeah.
0: are. Those, okay. Go
3: ahead. I'm just going to say those arbovita, Danny. You know, those are the those are the types of trees that I often see with with damage coming out of. Wintertime, yeah. uh, you know yeah. those brown, those brown, yep. uh, the brown coloring, basically. How do we avoid that? Is it watering well, now?
0: That's desiccation,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's that's the watering factor. That I'm, that I'm addressing so, so to reduce or eliminate that, you want to have soil moisture in the ground. The other one is the salt spray. If they're really close to a highway that's getting or a county road or something that's getting uh, that gets salted and it sprays up on them, and that you kind of need a barrier at that point. Um, we had, oh gosh, maybe about four or five years ago, um, warm weather in spring, plants had cracked bud, and then we got hit with a big snowstorm. And temperatures that were below 20. And a lot of evergreens just browned out. and Some were outright killed, uh, depending on how far their buds were. And something like that, we probably can't do anything about, because it's such an extreme with weather. Um, in following weather events, they always are talking about the hundred-year rain and the hundred-year drought and the hundred-year snowfall. And I looked one time, and we had all those happen within about a seven-year period. So the next 93 years will be boring, I guess. <laughs> um, the the, uh, the weather sometimes we just have to roll with it. And uh, yeah. if it gets really extreme, it can be really hard on our plants. So if we can do our protection. Uh, we aren't in the nicest climate around in Wisconsin. Um, we're actually closer to the Arctic Circle than we are to Florida in, in many cases. So um, the we, we have to go with what we get, you know.
3: Indeed. Indeed. Say, Dan, kind of switching gears here a little bit, but, you know, this weekend, especially with that warm weather, noticing a lot of folks getting lights, not only yep. on their houses, but on their trees. And I sometimes wonder, you know, for the health of the tree, you know, what do people putting up those Christmas light displays perhaps need to know? Are there any red flags sometimes when it comes to getting those decorations out? And any advice for folks wanting to get a little holiday spirit in their yards (laughs) this time of year?
4: Um,
0: In general, lights don't really do any harm uh, to the trees or the shrubs. I, ha- I saw a person one time where linemen spike, spike up the tree, and, and that was doing harm to the tree um, to hang their lights. but that's not a norm of people doing that. Um, if you take the light and wrap it around, like actually like, like a knot, tie it completely around a branch, uh, we just want to remember when the lights come off or not to leave the lights on forever because that can choke that branch. But for the most part, there's really not any issues or concerns too much with, uh, with lights on trees or doing any kind of harm or anything like that.
3: That's great news because we sure like yeah. those light displays. <laughs> we oh, really yeah. do. <laughs> it's the time of the year. It is. All right. We are going to take another break. A reminder, though, that the phone lines are open if you've got a question for Dan Tross, Certified Arborist with Ranger Services. So stay with us. More to come. We've got another full half hour
2: here with Dan in just a moment. Back in a bit, here's today's Garden Bite.
3: 202811150 is the number on our Settlers Bank phone lines. You are welcome to call in today, get your questions in to certified arborist Dan Tross with Ranger Services. We are really cutting it close with winter here already. For some parts of Wisconsin, that's for sure. <laughs> we uh we don't really have much uh, snow on the ground unless you've got a good shady spot in your yard. <laughs> but uh, with the holidays on the brain, Dan, I'm curious if, if folks out there might be shopping for someone with a green thumb in their house, maybe someone who, uh, like yourself, enjoys being in the outdoors and and uh, adding to landscapes and whatnot. Any any gifts on your list that you'd maybe yes. suggest well, not, for folks?
0: Not really on my list, but I'm going to throw some ideas at people. <laughs> and I, I fully, okay, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a tree geek, all right, and, and a plant geek, so um, but I'm going to go over some things. A lot of our uh, retail um, garden centers and nurseries in the Valley have gift certificates. And you could give the gift of green and buy somebody a tree that then they get to go and pick out in the spring and, uh, or, or a shrub or um, something like that. And the thing is, with a gift like that, I mean, you know, if you're going to plant a tree, how long would you think that tree should live?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: 500 plus years.
0: <laughs> when I ever ask that question, people always say at least 100 years or forever. Forever. So I think 100 years must be close to forever for us. But, um, yeah, we expect it to last a long time. And it's not a gift you're going to use up. It's going to be there. Even if you move, somebody's going to continue on with that. And um, I know our, our retail landscape centers and, and nurseries and um, sell gift certificates. And it's the, you present somebody, I call it the gift of green, you're buying them a tree that they then go and pick out. And then there's certain things. You can even think of trees that are, like, identified with people or something. It's something... Um, yeah, if you want to try and pick out a species, that uh, this reminds me of, you know, if, if your name is hazel, you get a hazelnut tree. You know, think being creative and think of things like that. And um, that's one way. Another way is there's, I'm, I'm going to call them gizmos and gadgets for outside <laughs> that are pretty cool. I got this pair, I think it was last year uh, for Christmas, this pair of gardening gloves. And on the end of each finger, you put them on, you know, I look like a werewolf. It has these big claws, and it's for digging in soil. Mm. You know, and if we're going to dig bare hand, we're digging in the dirt. And, and uh, if you wear garden gloves, but these long nails really loosen and dig up the soil. They're really cool. And I'm not sure where they came from, but they're gardening gloves with giant fingernails. And uh, I really do look like a werewolf putting them on. But that's one of those odd little things for working, working outside and doing stuff in the garden. Um, another handy tool that's really incredible. It's great for digging, for cutting, for everything. is called a garden knife. And it looks kind of like a, like the old bowie knife, but it's not sharpened it as you can dig. It, it has a little, uh, well in it for digging It has a serrated edge for cutting. Um, and instead of going with a hand trowel and then getting a clippers and getting it you can do all this with a garden knife um, and those those can be bought at probably a hardware store uh, big box stores you can buy them online but it's a really incredible handy tool for anybody uh, who wants to work outside in, in the garden at that point um, this is a good time of the year to do pruning although it's hard to find pruning Tools at this time of year because they pack them all away and get everything out for Christmas. But uh, if you hunt around, you still can find pruning saws and clippers. And there's some wonderful sites that can be purchased online if somebody wants to go that route too. Um, of getting hand tools for your for your gift giving to your garden person. And the last one is the catalogs that will be coming out. They usually come out about January, February, of all the spring bulbs and plants. And, the, you know, I love looking through those things. Mm-hmm. And I've bought some bulbs, too, over the years. And um, you can give gift certificates to those, too. Um, and it, it, they're pretty common to find uh, um, there's different tulip bulbs. There's, there's uh, dahlias, there's irises, there's daylilies, all these plants. that you can get gift certificates through those, or you can actually order the plant and then they will ship them to you when it's time to plant for for your territory for your range. Um, so you're not sitting with them all winter long. They ship when, when it's okay to plant in your, your, where you're living. So those are some of your holiday ideas, um, and gifts that you can give. Um, that uh, yeah, dedicating a tree to somebody that's pretty cool. You know, in my world, anyhow.
3: <laughs> I agree. I agree, and I think when that. When those bulb catalogs and tomato catalogs arrive yep. Yep. Uh, in the bleak of winter, that sure brings a bright spot to the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, they they know what they're doing when they send those out in the dead of winter. They do. So we start uh, looking forward to it, and and, uh, um, and it's nice that they 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 send that when it's ready to plant. They don't you don't have to worry about having it all winter.
3: Yeah, one gift that I will add, if you've got a lot of hickory nuts trees or uh, walnut trees we got something called the nut gatherer a few years back and it it looks like a giant basketball but just with wires around it and you just roll it on the ground and if the nuts are whole still they get picked up no problem and then we just kind of dump it in a bucket and it saved it saved a a lot of work for us with our our hickory trees so that's my gift idea
0: Oh, I've never, I've never heard of that. That's that's just a wonderful idea. Yeah.
3: Look it up, Dan, the nut gatherer. It comes in a the variety of sizes. Like yeah. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Very fun. All right, Dan, we'll take one final break before we wrap things up for our 2022 season. So listeners, stay with us. And if you've got a question for Dan, you still have time to squeeze that in. 920-281-1150 is that number.
2: We'll be back in a bit.
3: Thanks for joining us this first hour of Focus Fox Valley. A few minutes left here with certified arborist Dan Tross with Ranger Services. It's been a wonderful growing season. Beautiful. I think of the all the the fruit. <laughs> Honestly, Dan, that's what sticks out to me from this year. Uh so keep your keep your gardening journals, folks, so you can remember this season for years to come, right? <laughs>
0: That's right. The two, the two uh, point hydrangeas had a phenomenal blooming uh, and really long this year and daylilies. Yes. I, I don't ever remember seeing daylilies uh, have such splendor in, in all their flowering this year. So um, another thing I want to put out there, Haley, as far as a, it could be a Christmas activity or gifts or something you want to do with, with kids is to make pine cone bird feeders.
2: Oh, yeah. And,
0: you know, you take the pine cone and you melt some lard and peanut butter and anything else you want to throw in there. Some people put in oatmeal uh, and bird seed, and you make a gooey mixture, and you put it over the uh, pine cone, and then you can tie the and you let, it, let it harden, and then you can tie the pine cone outside on a branch or a hanger, and the birds will go crazy for it. as to it. And uh, you can decorate them with ribbon or berries or whatever whatever you want to do, but it adds to the landscape. It's a fun project to do, and you're helping feed birds too.
3: I agree with that 100%. That's a good one. Dan, I do want to ask before we part ways you know, looking ahead to 2023, do you have your eyes on any of the hot trends in landscaping? Are any trees popping up as the must plants for uh, 2023? Anything on your radar? Um,
0: we are going to continue. As an industry, in trying to plant with diversity, um, and that's because of the emerald ash borer teaching us: when well, you plant too many of one species, what happens? Now we actually knew that some 50 years ago when we lost all our American elms uh, to Dutch elm disease, and now we're losing our ash trees to emerald ash borer. So the key is to be diverse with our planting, and. Some trees like London plane tree, which is a which is a cross between the American and the European sycamore, the uh, um, the hackberry. Um, those are trees, uh, the disease-resistant American elms. that are getting looked at more, implanted more frequently as we get more diverse in what we uh, we put into our environment to avoid the next. Uh, Damaging pets to wipe out as many trees as we're losing with the ash trees. So, um, maples are always a very good tree. We have a lot of maples, though. we we have a lot of maples. So if we ha- do have a choice and want you know, kind of kind of shy away from the maples a little bit, that's okay. Um, people you know identify with the tree because they know what it looks like mostly. Yeah. But uh, there are a lot of other species. There isn't anything. There isn't any new tree up and coming. However, diversity needs to be our needs to be our focus.
3: All right. Well you heard it from the expert here, folks. And a lot of great ideas too for those uh plant lovers in your life as well. Support our local uh our, our local uh stores and landscape centers and my goodness, uh the gift that keeps on giving for, for generations to come. A tree. You might as well plant yeah. one.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, Dan, I can't thank you enough for joining us this this season in 2022. It's been, again, a, a beautiful one, and your insight and advice this season has been so appreciated and well-received by our listeners. So thank you once again for joining us uh, here on you, Focus Haleons. Fox Valley. So, uh,
0: part with everybody saying, you know, you probably might have a problem getting a tree now to plant, but start planting what <laughs> you want to do in the spring or what you want to do in Put a tree in for somebody's birthday, for somebody passing, for somebody getting married, for somebody somebody graduating. Uh, memorial trees, and that's something you get to watch grow and develop.ment You know, for many many years to come, yeah. and um, being able to someday show a child going, I planted that tree. Mm. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool, you know. And, and if you really want to make a difference, then teach a kid how to plant a tree
3: absolutely absolutely yes. all right Dan will you enjoy uh these these next few months and uh we will connect again in the spring I'm looking forward all to right. it
0: wonderful thank you so much Haley
3: thank you a happy holiday season to you as well to you Likewise. and your family Dan thank you yep. thanks Dan bye-bye Bye-bye. Dan Tross, Certified Arborist with Ranger Services. Wrapping up our 2022 season. Can you believe it? I sure can't. All right. Coming up in hour number two of Focus Fox Valley Go Valley Kids and the YMCA of the Fox Cities looking ahead to Giving Tuesday. All that straight ahead right here on WHBY. Hi everyone! Welcome back for our number two of Focus Fox Valley. I'm Haley Ten Pass with you from the Myron Construction Studios of WHBY, and let's keep things rolling. I know that we've done plenty of holiday-related interviews prior to today, but I think officially this is when most of the community says, "Okay, we're ready to embrace all things." Christmas, all things Hanukkah, all things holiday season, and enjoy some of the magic that this holiday season can bring. And no more magic is enjoyed than when you have kids in your house. I am certainly living that season right now. We have a Grinch-obsessed household (laughs) in our house right now, so I've got my eyes on all the Grinch breakfasts and pizza nights and all the things happening. And when it comes to looking for those activities... I turn to Go Valley Kids each and every time. Amanda Chavez and Liz Schultz are back with us with all of the events of the season. Ladies, you've been busy. Welcome back. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Welcome back. Yes. So holiday season is truly when our communities shine and we've got a lot going on. First and foremost, you've put together a, a list, of course, the 2023 Two holiday planner for families, 43 events, and things to do.
5: Yeah, it's a busy time. It's, um, we do get sometimes people like don't talk about it before Thanksgiving, but now it's officially on, right? Like the light <laughs> switches, the lights around town are going on. And it's so exciting to see the town just come alive.
3: Indeed. So speaking of towns coming alive this week really is a, a week of busyness for, for area communities.
5: Yeah, we're already through, like, halfway through our parade season, but Oshkosh has their city parade on Friday, or Thursday, sorry, December 1st, um, so there are some some parades still to check out, and uh, Very Nina Christmas is also this weekend, they have ice sculptures and reindeer and light-up dancers, it's a fun event, it's cool to see all the towns kind of have their twist on the holidays, and... um have those fun events we had our friends at sess coffee sent us a message um sess is doing or not sess downtown little shoots doing sleigh rides mid-december
3: as well which
5: looks like a fun event as too
3: i love that and all of these communities they happen to make themselves look like hallmark, Chris, hallmark <laughs> christmas movie scenes <laughs> we really do live in a beautiful place yeah it's so fun to
5: see all the art and the lights and the music and The community bands, it's a a fun
3: thing. So this week, again, the Oshkosh Tree Lighting and Holiday Parade, that happening on Thursday night, a very Nina Christmas happening this Friday, December 2nd. And I know they're showing the Grinch outdoors. Like I (laughs) said, we are Grinch obsessed in our house. I think that's at the (laughs) Plaza, the Grinch. And that in itself is something to add to your holiday bucket list, too. The plaza is just beautiful for ice yeah. skating and hot chocolates and food. Just gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Moving along, because we, we only have a limited time today, I want to <laughs> try to squeeze in as much as we can. But uh, there are a lot of places where you can send letters to Santa, which my daughter actually said, how do we get Santa the letter? And I, and I said, we'll have to look into this. And there are a lot of different places where you can drop off your letters, some of those places, even ensuring if you get those letters in by a certain date that you'll get a response from someone from the North Pole.
5: Yeah, so the Appleton Park and Rec just the Santa just dropped off the mailbox just in the last couple days, and that's out till December 11th. And you can write a letter, um, drop it in there, and if you don't want to run there, you can actually email the letter to the information's on the Park
3: and Rec website. Santa's gone digital in 2022. We love to see it.
5: <laughs> yeah, and then Santa, you can also drop off letters at a lot of places you might already be going to. The North Pole in Chilton, they has a, he has a Santa letter box as well. So if you're going to some of
3: those fun places, um, bring your letter along. And I will just do a little shameless plug because we've. Got Santa once again booked for an interview on Focus Fox Valley a week from today, December 5th, from 11 to 1. Santa will be here at the WHBY studio. We're going to open up the phone lines. But if you're not able to call in, because we do know that's a school day for a lot of the children of Northeast Wisconsin, you can actually go to WHBY.com and submit your wish list and, and things to Santa. We can read those on the air for you. And if you uh, submit online, you receive a coupon for a free decorated Christmas cookie f- cookie from our friends over at Simple Simon Bakery. So this is what Santa here a week from today on HBY. Nice.
5: I'll
3: get you those details, Amanda. <laughs>
1: That's good. I was scribbling down the notes quick.
5: <laughs> we'll we'll
3: get you all the details. All right. You
1: can use um, just the mail also with a letter from your kid, and then they have a uh, instructions to include um, like a personalized letter from u slash santa and then it comes back with the north pole postmark on it which i think is super fun that's
3: that and that in itself it's the details the little details like the north pole uh, return stamp right that's amazing it's amazing. All right, we need to take a little break. When we come back, there's more. Oh yes, there is so much more happening this holiday season, and the ladies of Go Valley Kids are helping us understand it all—from the Polar Express to the Nutcracker, sleigh rides, and even inclusive holiday events that make sure nobody gets left out. We've got all
2: those details to come right here on WHBY. Stay with us.
3: Welcome back. We're talking with the ladies of Go Valley Kids. Amanda Chavez and Liz Schultz are here with us. It's officially holiday season time. I saw a lot of people on Facebook posting that they'd cut down their Christmas trees over the weekend for so many families. Right after Thanksgiving, that's when they go. Great weather this weekend to do it, too. Don't blame them one bit. You do have a little list compiled of some of the local Christmas tree farms. Liz, I think you put that together, correct?
1: Um, I think that's teamwork I think that's teamwork. <laughs> if my name's on it, that's generous.
5: but um, yeah there's so many great tree farms like within like hour hour and a half like that have all these different experiences like some of them have hay rides, some of them have Thomas the train, some of them have Santa. There's one place in Luxembourg I think that has like a Candy cane village that the kids can play with, like these decorated playhouses. Um, so it's like this whole experience, right? This fun get your tree. And um,
1: the one in Shiocton, um, holiday trees in Shiocton has a campfire going. Campfire. You can do s'mores there if you want to,
3: which is good Excuse to know me. because our family is on the hunt for a new spot this year. The one that we typically went to last year decided to ended after many 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 generous years of inviting families out so our our family is on the hunt for a new place to go so I will be looking at this list (laughs) I think we're eyeing up this coming weekend for our Christmas tree adventure very fun
5: yeah we break it down by like how far it is from the Fox Valley so deciding what you want to do or what kind of tree you want and um, kind of a different range of price points and then you can figure out from
3: there Excellent. All right, so check that out. Uh, Community community light displays. We were talking about this really briefly during the commercial break, but there are a lot that are either walk through. There are some that are drive through, which our family really enjoys. Uh, We've got a lot in the area. Do you know how many we have? There's a ton, and they're all
5: again. It's just they're all have their own unique experience. The Fox Cities Festival of Lights. It's just on the weekends, but it's this. Amazing, magical walk through the forest light show that's just really neat. It has different iconic um, light displays from the Fox Cities PAC to um, the windmill. The oh, yeah, the little, little shoot, shoot windmill. windmill. <laughs> yes. There's a farm. Um, it's just like a, it's like, it's neat. And then Oshkosh has the drive-through that's always fun. Uh, we were just talking, you don't have to get it out of your car, so you don't have to worry about dressing warm. And um, the botanical gardens in Green Bay is always a fun experience. That one you do have to buy tickets ahead of time and do some planning, but there are um, so many great options.
3: Absolutely, I want to talk about too making sure that holiday events include everyone. And for some families, going to spaces with bright lights or loud noises or just a lot of people in general can be a little much for some members of their family and there are a few things happening that are Really aware of that inclusivity and making sure that they are providing special accommodations for families who might need quieter spaces or less lights or less less holiday sparkle in, in some situations, which is so wonderful. There's a lot of families out there. What inclusive holiday events have you found that families might want to take a look at?
1: Um, so the Building for Kids hosts a sensory superstars program um, weekly throughout the year on Sundays, but um, on December 11th, that morning will be a holiday social. Um, There is a spot in Green Bay that you can arrange for private uh, visits with Santa. Um, Even the mall Santa, um, you can indicate that you have sensory needs um, when you're making your reservation
3: there online.
1: That's amazing. That's
3: amazing. And then there's the North Pole in Chilton, which I know that you can make special appointments there. Correct?
5: Yeah, that place they do have private showings that you can reserve ahead of time. He um, Troy, the owner, refreshes that up up on his website pretty often. Um, that's a magical place. They added a teddy bear display. Straight, it's from straight from New York. It's new. It's like it's got to be one of the largest in Wisconsin or the only. It's huge. It's like two to th- two stories high, multi-level. All these teddy bears move and it's, it's like straight out of like department store display windows.
3: Um, it's it's unlike anything
5: else around here. It's really neat.
3: And the, the amount of work that is poured into building and creating that space. I know it starts long before we even start even imagining Christmas, probably the day after Christmas, <laughs> planning for next year.
5: Yeah, he's um, been adding to the display every year, and um, it's always it's always great to remember. I asked him when I interview- or talked to him um, earlier in the week. I said, "Well, how many people help you with this?" And he's like, "Oh, it's me and my family. Like, it's it's now backed by this huge um, organization or resource of."
3: people right like he does this for his family it's super it's really neat their their address by the way is n5207 lemke road in chilton it is free but donations are encouraged but it is free to to walk through and if you get there, if you go on the
5: weekend, which pr- will probably be busier for the, the North Pole, but you could also hit up Chilton has a light display as well, the delightfully Ch- Chilton, I think. Um, I think so. You can hit up both of those at the same time. So Indeed. it is a little bit of a hike from Appleton, but it's well worth
3: it. they have got a Dairy Queen, too, in mm-hmm. Chilton, so you can <laughs> grab a little ice cream <laughs> when you are visiting, too. We love it. Okay, what have we missed and what can we get the word out about uh, for our listeners?
5: we i mean winter is just around the corners we also have like if you're itching to get out that like winter activities you can ice skate at the plaza and Nina Tidal Town opened this weekend with sledding down the hill i think it's the earliest it's ever opened um and then if you are just looking for indoor stuff we have a list of indoor gyms and play areas for kids and then the park and rec opens up now on saturdays at ferber elementary to run off center energy there as well
3: we all love the places that kids can run off energy i also (laughs) saw they put up uh the ice rink in jones park no ice yet no ice yet the sides are up which is encouraging so
5: (laughs) yeah and you can even at the Fox cities exhibitions the champion center they offer open ice skating on the weekends too which would be a great place to check out as well.
3: All right. Well, happy holidays, everybody. Hopefully a few ideas coming your way. And if you want to get your eyes on the dates or links or websites or activities mentioned today, Go Valley Kids is the place. Remind us, Amanda, of the website details.
5: Yeah, GoValleyKids.com and our calendar. I looked for this weekend. We have tons it's, of events on saturday spots. we didn't even invent it's <laughs> too many to mention but check out our calendar
3: or our guides on the website all right good luck everyone and happy holiday season amanda and liz thank you for being here and a merry merry christmas and happy holidays to you both you too thanks Haley. you too all right we will take a little break when we come back your first alert forecast then after that giving tuesday with the ymca of the fox
2: cities more on that after this
3: Thanks for being with us here on this Monday. We, of course, know there are so many different days associated with with buying, right, for the holidays. We've had Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, today happens to be Cyber Monday, but tomorrow... Tomorrow's more about the generosity of our community, and it's called Giving Tuesday. So many different organizations will be jumping on board to kind of share with you how your giving, your dollars, your time can go a really long ways in supporting the work and mission of those organizations. We're hoping you consider donating to any organization you choose out there. That's the most important thing. But if you need some ideas, well, we have the YMCA of the Fox Cities here today as they look and focus in on Giving Tuesday, which is tomorrow. And we've got two voices joining us on our Settlers Pink phone lines today. First, Amy Carpenter, and uh, we also have Kirk Fischel joining us, both from the YMCA of the Fox Cities Resource Development Department. Amy and Kirk, good afternoon, and thanks for being here today.
6: Hi, Haley. Thanks so much for having us.
3: Thank you for having us. All right. Well, we're talking and we're focused in on Giving Tuesday. So I'm curious to learn a little bit from from you folks what that term means to you. When you hear about and you prepare for Giving Tuesday, what's kind of going through your mind? Amy, I'll turn to you on this one first.
6: So to me, Giving Tuesday is just a day to give back to um, those people or places that mean the most to us. And for me, that is the why. The programs we offer, the services we have, and the way that we include everyone in the community This is a day to focus and intentionally give back to the why. for
3: example. Mm, Intention is, I think, the keyword right there. And Kirk, I'll turn to you next because you're with the Resource Development Department. So my guess is that you are part of the team that's helping to develop um, different programs and things that the YMCA utilizes. And we all know that when it comes to creating new things and programs, sometimes you need a little money to help in creating those things would that be uh, I guess wise to say here in my making uh, uh, you know putting these points together a little bit
4: yes yep yep so definitely so we're um, raising funds for our community annual campaign and um, really there it helps our community in many different ways and uh, one of those ways is uh, being able to provide a a membership for someone who um, might otherwise not have the opportunity So the funds that are raised um, helps with uh, financial assistance so people will have that opportunity um, to join Y programs and um, be a part of the Y and grow to be the best versions of themselves.
3: Excellent. All right. I know that uh, there are a few, I guess, uh, dollar donation amounts that can help go towards different things. I've got a list in front of me. And I'm hoping you might have a similar list somewhere near you. But it it, it goes about, you know, support going a long way. So for example, a twenty five dollar donation, uh, that can allow a single parent to bring their child to part time childcare for up to five hours while they go to school or schedule appointments or go to work. That's just twenty five dollars, Amy, and, and that is going towards five hours of child care. That's amazing. It is
6: amazing. And what that $25 it's just not providing childcare it's providing potentially a respite for a parent who you know sometimes we just we just reach a point where we need a break but also it's giving that parent a chance to study for their a potential GED study for college courses it allows a parent to go to work with very affordable childcare that they may not any other time have been able to afford and still be able to work and really help better themselves, thus bettering their family, and then that turns into bettering our community.
3: I love that. Uh, fifty dollars. Looking at the next amount, and of course, you could give twenty-six dollars. You could give thirty-two dollars. But these are just some ideas for our listeners here as well. But fifty bucks, um, and it's funny in this list of helping children discover themselves and realize their potential. You mentioned dance, swimming, gymnastics, or youth sports. My family has done all four of these. <laughs> so, and we know firsthand, you know, just how wonderful these programs are. But getting a kid into those community sport activities, uh, 50 bucks can help do that.
4: Definitely. Yep, it yeah, is it is really really oh. I, I was just going to say, uh, just off of that, that, Definitely, that it you know helps to build uh, the confidence in children, and um, they're just sports that can really help change the lives.
3: Absolutely, of absolutely. And i would I would also encourage those out there uh, to consider coaching because those coaches make a huge difference in those kiddos' lives too. One program, Thank you Haley, and yeah. that,
6: and that the coaches just don't make a difference for the kids. The kids also make a difference for those coaches. And what a wonderful opportunity for you know, potential high school age student, young college age students to get in and get experience, you know, working with children, working with diverse backgrounds and gain leadership skills.
3: And those kids playing, they look up to those those high schoolers with such wide eyes. I mean, truly, Mm -hmm. uh, they think a lot of those kiddos who are helping out. $100, $100, if you give $100, uh, there's an amazing program called the Livestrong Program at the Y. Amy, fill us in on this and how that $100 goes towards supporting people going through that program. Yep.
6: So Livestrong at the YMCA is part of a national initiative, which is a program for cancer survivors. And a cancer survivor is someone who may have had cancer 20 years ago to someone who was just diagnosed. Um we can those are cancer survivors. It's a three month program and it's a small group where you really become a family. You're in it's twice you meet twice a week. The sessions start out with kind of talking, a devotional, they talk about highs and lows of their week because you have people who are all over the spectrum on their cancer journeys. And then there's a physical workout component and really those people get to know what their new normal is and they support each other, and some of the best relationships that have come from the Y have come from people in, the, in those Live strong classes.
3: We're talking with Amy Carpenter and Kirk Fischel here today, both with the Resource Development Department at the Y, and we're talking about tomorrow's Giving Tuesday. All right, Kirk, if you were able to give $250, what type of support would you see there?
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that could be a very much a, a variety of things. Um, like you said, said earlier about whether that could be for our, our Live Strong program, um, you know, also $250 that gives a child uh, one week of before and after school care, um, engaging them in physical and educational activities. Um, that's what $250, uh, the impact, if someone were to give, um, the sort of impact that can give to uh, someone that is in need.
3: Amazing. Amazing. All right. We need to take a short little break. When we come back, uh, more ways to impact the YMCA of the Fox Cities, and of course, how you can donate too on tomorrow's Giving Tuesday. So don't go away. More to come in just a few minutes. Just a few minutes left to go in this Monday edition of Focus Fox Valley. We are talking all about tomorrow's Giving Tuesday. And giving is super easy through the YMCA of the Fox Cities. Amy Carpenter and Kirk Fischel joining us on the line from the Wise Resource Development Department. And one thing we talk a lot about in these segments is summer camp. And I know that registration will be coming up before we know it for summer camp. But if you get $500, that actually sponsors a kid for one full week at Camp Nanabosho. That's amazing. Amy, what type of opportunities come from a week at camp?
6: A week of camp is an amazing opportunity um, for any child. They have the opportunity to learn new skills. Camp Nanabosho has a high and low ropes course. They have different trekking camps where they go out on multiple night hikes and canoeing um, there's fishing, there's paddle boarding, there's um, sailing, there's so many different arts and crafts, so many different new skills that kids can learn, and relationships that they build with other kids, other campers, with the counselors, and to see that grow year after year, um, a lot of our counselors are former campers, so they have the passion that they Learned at camp
3: and have that at our now passing that on to the next generation. It's definitely special. And then one more to kind of squeeze in here. We're running out of time, but if you give a thousand dollars, folks, that gives a family the opportunity to belong at the Y. Opportunity through membership, which truly uh, makes a difference in so many different areas, from childcare to programs to. After school care, it's an amazing place to be part of the YMCA of the Fox Cities. And with that in mind, Kirk, if folks are listening and saying, all right, OK, I think we can give a little on Giving Tuesday, which is tomorrow. Again, tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. Where can people go to support the Y on a very special Tuesday edition of uh, the annual yes. campaign? Yeah. Yes.
4: Thank you. Yeah. So they can go to um, YMCAFoxCities.org give. Um, but they also could go to any of our Y's in the Fox Valley region and just come in and then, um, they can say that they'd like to make a gift in something exciting too. um, actually through giving Tuesday, uh, we have a, uh, match $20,000 match. So the first $20,000 raised, um, will, will be doubled, uh, dollar for dollar. So, um, pretty exciting and, um, for, uh, opportunity and, uh, um, if anyone is or to give or looking to give, they can uh, contact any of the Y's here in the Fox Valley.
3: Oh, I'm so glad to hear that, Kirk. I didn't know that. So I'm sorry, listeners, for burying the lead a little bit. But <laughs> 20, a $20,000 match is amazing, just amazing. And uh, we are grateful you could fill us in a little bit, both you, Kirk, and you, Amy, uh, with what the Y is up to. So thanks again for being part of our YMCA chat today. And, and happy Giving Tuesday tomorrow. Thanks, Haley. Happy Giving Tuesday, everybody!
4: Thank you so much.
3: All right, and that there you have it. Just one way to give back on this uh, Giving Tuesday. Again, tomorrow Giving Tuesday is tomorrow, and a lot of organizations like the Y offering some type of match opportunity. So. Do a little looking into things, and and we would be happy to share it here on WHBY as well. If you've got information on a Giving Tuesday match opportunity, feel free to let us know. We would love to help get the word out as Giving Tuesday approaches. As for what we're working on here on WHBY and on Focus Fox Valley, We've got another edition of Holidays with Haley with K.K. Sewing back that come on your way on a Tuesday. Also, Kakana Library's Library of Lights. Details on that. Visit Oshkosh is in and another Giving Tuesday opportunity to tell you about. We'll have that to wrap up our Tuesday, our Giving Tuesday
2: tomorrow. Bye, everyone. Have a lovely day.